Good day, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Is and today we are talking home league on the verge of finals. Uh, it's finally here. Thank God. Uh, season seems to have gone forever. Now, just a quick note: if you are a listener of the pod, we have had about a squillion people message saying they want to talk about their league. Here is your chance. We are going to open it up to you and do a whole listener show. All you have to do is message or email thedraftdoctors at gmail.com. That address is thedraftdoctors at gmail.com. You will get sent a form which will have a little brief synopsis of things to say. Uh, If you want to tell us about your league, record yourself on your voice recorder, try to make it as clear as possible, and send it back to us, and we'll splice them all together, and we can uh, have a best-of compilation. Now, keep in mind, if we get 300 people doing that, uh, we can't take everyone, so we'll try to pick the the 10 best sort of thing if we get that sort of situation. But, uh, as we know, sometimes when push comes to shove, you don't always get the the entries you you want. So uh, we'll see how that goes. There has been a lot of feedback saying people want to talk about their team. I certainly enjoy hearing about all the different leagues uh, and the the crazy shit you all get up to. So if you're interested, that is how to do it. Email us and we'll be in touch and try to do that uh, around the end of the year. But on to the show. Jonathan, my nemesis for the week. Stephen, how do? How do? Get any listeners? Yeah, uh, I don't want to. I don't want to shit talk too much here. Uh, but I actually have. There's a pastor at work, and I helped him this week, Jono. So I feel like uh, God is on my side this week. Mm, so you've gone down the old faith road, and it's, so it's faith versus baby swag, battle of the titans. <laughs> Let's see who wins. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, and Ross, the man, he's leapt in the second spot, as I predicted. Jono, your pipe dream. It, it was a pipe dream. Uh, but Ross, you've got there. What the hell are we drinking tonight? Uh, we have the only thing that I can find um, of the beers that you suggested. So we're drinking a Portello Jelly Cream Sour Ale from Bad Shepherd there in Cheltenham. Um, it's pretty good. Uh I was hoping, judging by the can, when I opened it, that it would be some kind of purple hue, and I wasn't disappointed. Um, so, yeah, colour's really cool. Um, it's good. It's kind of sweet, obviously, but the cream kind of balances that out. I wouldn't say it's overly sort of sour. It's pretty pretty drinkable. I think it's, what, 7%? Um, and it's in a big can. So, yeah, pretty happy with it. I, love it. I don't think you're old enough to remember the old Portello. We used to get bloody at the pub meals. It was grape. It's just like a, like a grape fruit juice, basically. I love Portello. I think we used to have the old with the used to mix your own cordial and soda stream it back Pretty in the much. day before before it sort of became popular. We had Portello as well, yeah. So I just love the smell. Like it's it's just like grape mm. jelly or port wine jelly. Yeah, it's fucking great. Yeah, absolutely, this is awesome. Um, well, it was a good thing you chose that. You know, that was the one you could find because uh, everything else was gone. Everything else had gone down the throat, so. Well, no, it all looked like big Imperial Stout or another Stout for the show. Uh, so something different. Yeah. Oh, that cheesecake beer was pretty pretty good. That was probably my favourite one. Everything else is kind of... Nice. Uh, that uh, double IPA that eventually arrived was was not to my taste, but it was pretty... <laughs> probably good if you like that sort of shit. Anyway, 
It is finals. We're making moves. We're tinkering. Jono, you've stood pat on the waiver wire. Surprising. Bit hard to make moves when your four bench guys are almost undroppable. So I've held firm and they've been in good form. Um, always, I haven't made moves due to injuries. Like we know some teams are good with updating their injuries, like the Western Bulldogs. Um, I thought Caleb Daniel will be back this week. Obviously not. They're still saying one to two. Um, Jared Berry had a slight hamstring ping two weeks ago. Uh, I thought he was back last week. Again, this week been in good form. And yo, not sure what's happening there. And Nick Nat, um, out with soreness, but still not sure. I haven't heard anything, any reports on Nick Nat. So four guys I probably can't drop at this stage. Yeah, there was news about Daniel and Nick Nat at the end of last last week. Like Nick Nat's another two weeks and possibly just, oh, okay. just out for the season uh, at this point. And Daniel, yep. Daniel, I think, was updated on the weekend that he probably wouldn't get up. So, yeah, like you said, Western Bulldogs pretty proactive. Ross, you've made a couple moves. What's going on? Yeah. Yeah, well, I've got the week off in our league. So my attention turned to the round after next, or after, round after this one. So just sort of looked at who I had in my team um, and for the last couple of weeks, I've sort of been swapping in and out forwards um, as I sort of needed. Um, so I've dropped, uh, who do I have in there? I had Charlie Cameron and someone else filling up a spot. Um, so I've dropped them. I think I also had Cunnington on the bench just as a Hail Mary I picked up a few weeks ago. Um, so I've dropped them. I've got Draper in to sit on the bench just as ruck cover in case we get an injury to Darcy. Um, and I've Picked up Zach Fisher just for the matchup. I think his last couple of rounds, he's sort of averaging in the 80-ish range, which I'll take every day um, just for a random random forward. So, yeah, I'm just sort of looking for the week after, just looking at the matchups. Um, I've got I've got actually a lot of choice on who I can bring on. Um, I've got two, well, I've pretty much got seven defenders, even though we need to play five, and they're they're all sort of in the same kind of range, that mid to sort of low 80s or some of them high 80s. So it all just depends on the matchup. So that's handy. Uh, and I've also got a spare midfielder on the bench as well in Ward. Um, so I'm just sort of sitting him on the bench at the minute because Dylan Shield, who I was sitting on the bench, has, has had a pretty good run as well in the last couple of weeks. So a couple of players coming into form um, at the moment. I'm just keeping an eye on that um, and just trying to, work out what the best team to field round after next will be, because it's going to be against one of you two. Um, I play the winner. Is it? I thought it was the other way. Is it? No, I thought I played the winner of you two. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not really. I'm thinking just this week. I'm in a, I'm in a state of flux, listeners. I'm in a state of flux. I'm waiting on injury reports. I've got... Uh, I've backed into finals with a piss-poor uh, one and four last five. Got Whitfield, so I'm waiting on his fitness. Uh, obviously, I've lost Josh Kelly, so there goes probable, my probable captain. Although I have sort of been swapping between him and Doc. Uh, is Taylor Adams getting up? Uh, I've got Brody Grundy. What, what the hell to do with him? Matt Flynn probably getting dropped. So there's a, <laughs> there's a few moving parts. I was carrying four rucks, uh, plus Blix, who has the ruck eligibility. Uh, obviously, Ryder went, so he can go. So I picked up. I'm playing Jono, 
So I've picked up Darcy Ford as a bit of a hedge because I knew about Nick Nat and uh, Jono's got Oscar McInerney. Now, if Oscar McInerney doesn't get back into the side, Darcy Ford's obviously going to have the number one role, so we'll see how that shakes out. I have picked up Jaden Stevenson uh, and potentially looking at sticking Cogs or Trelaw in the midfield and putting him in the forward line, but it's just a... Just the total holding pattern right here. Unfortunately, I tried to waver for Ed Richards and missed out. So uh, if I do want to shift Blix into the ruck roll, then it's it's uh, pretty slim pickings in defence. Maybe we need to try swinging a legal trade, Ross. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you guys both fielding full teams here? Because I'm sort of looking at the matchup and there, there seems to be a few gaps. Uh, no, I've got Clayton Oliver coming back and I didn't think... Oscar McInerney on the injury list, but he was only in COVID protocol. So, um, barring any outs, I've got a, a full team. You were streaming from the bench. I played two a... down in the last round. Yeah. Two down. Would have been three. Thought I was a chance, um, but not to be. Yes, it was. It was probably the least interesting round of fantasy football I've ever played in my life. Uh, it, last week, no, just, like nothing mattered. Like the top six was locked up. Um, obviously Ross was playing last on the ladder, so he was probably walking into second spot. It was just who who do we end up playing? Well, I was sweating when uh, was it Nick Dacos scored 160 in my captain, <laughs> and uh, I had you know Dunkley only getting 80 and. Duday seemed to get 20 at quarter time and then the needle didn't move for three quarters. So I was sweating um, on Saturday afternoon, but by, by Sunday afternoon, I was looking a lot better. <laughs> yeah, Dacos has been just ball on this second half. Anyway, I thought it'd be interesting. Just I had I know we're going to do a bit of a draft recap. Uh, Ross has got some, a lot of numbers, but I just wanted to touch on points for and against. And, and I know a lot of listeners feel aggrieved at the, the run bad and the run good. Uh, so Ross has finished second, 12 and 6. Points for, finished fifth. Points against, finished eighth. So uh, had the eighth hardest, I should say. So third, third lowest points again. So pretty, you know, middling, um, I guess you'd say. Uh, John has finished fourth with fourth most points against, seventh. Oh, sorry. Fourth most points for, seventh points against. So the fourth easiest. Uh, I've finished with the second most points. And, of course, had the hardest draw this year, uh, finishing with the most points against. To put that in perspective, the team who finished in first uh, was getting over 100 points better off uh, from the opposition. But I had a good run last year, so swings and roundabouts. Uh, and I, think- I did mention, too, so, I mean, obviously, number one was, was Costa, a yeah, friend of the show. Um, and I did mention to him the other week about, you know, who who we were playing potentially um, next week, and I mentioned that you were a smoky based on those stats. So the the points for and the points points against the fact that you had a tough run, um, your ladder position didn't really reflect the way your team is going. Well, your team went, but now that you've got obviously got injury concerns and and selection concerns the way it's going, um, you know, I think that that probably makes it a little bit easier for me. And it could be it could be anyone's game from here, but I think you've probably just been unlucky at that last, you know, uh, at that last pip, you know, the last round. 
you know, you sort of you had a good team all year, but now that you've actually got the chance to, to prove it, you can't actually feel the full the full squad. I think losing one of your top end guys is where it stings. Like losing, you know, a middling guy, I, I would back myself to replace them, and I think I've been pretty strong. Uh, that's that's probably we'll get to the drafts and uh, you can say I didn't have a great draft, but I think that's the great thing about the super coach scoring. Probably the only good thing about the super coach scoring uh, is you can actually recover a horrible draft pretty pretty quickly. So uh, did you want to get into that, Ross? Yeah, so I, I had a better look at just our teams. I mean, we, I can go through and we can sort of have a look at some of the picks overall. I I, I don't want to use the terminology of good pick or bad pick. Um, what I looked at was who did we pick early, so ahead of their ADP, more than, you know, like a few kind of picks. So I'm talking rounds ahead of probably where they should have been picked. Um, and I also looked at guys that we picked up um, who slid. So maybe we got them late. Um, so it's more about return on investment. So if you made a pick early, was it worth it? If you managed to pick up a guy late, did that work out for you as well? Um, so who do you who do you want to start with? We'll start with Johnny. Right. We start with Lockie Whitfield. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think. Well, Brody Grundy was my first pick. I don't think he's returned much much of anything. Yeah, well, I, I didn't count picks like that yeah. because with Brody Grundy, like I think you what, you took him at pick eight, right? So his ADP was nine. So yeah. you took him where he was meant to go just because he got injured and didn't return the value. You can't help that. Yeah. You know, that's that's whatever. Yeah. But I'm more talking about, you know, when you do your research, you're hot on a guy, he, he, he's going to take off. I'm taking him early because, you know, I'm investing in this guy and I'm, I've got to I've got to get him early. But these are the picks that I want to analyze. So in terms of, Jonathan, I picked a few players that that didn't work out, and I the first one I'm going to relish because we did a little survey at our draft day, and you had to pick who is the most overhyped player in the preseason. <laughs> I don't know who you guys wrote down, but I wrote down Cam Rayner. And hey, 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 in defence of Cam, he has come really good. He's rosterable now. Okay, well, <laughs> took him. You managed to get him. Um, you managed to get him later than what other people were were taking him, um, but then he only only managed a paltry sixty nine average, which is a good number. Nice. Um, but other other picks in that sort of area. So Warple. So you took him eighty picks early, so eight rounds earlier than than his ADP. Um, he not also not returning the value. So. Um, I think you got him yeah, in what in the ninth or tenth round there, um, and only the averaging of fifty six. And I'm not even sure if anyone's rostered him. Probably not. Um, the only other pick in that category worth looking at as well uh, was Lipinski. Um, so he was taken in the ninth round, had an ADP of about the sixteenth round, so quite early. His average is okay, um, eighty nine. That's not too bad. The only reason why I sort of put that there in terms of return of investment is you've taken him seven or eight rounds early, but there were still guys that you could have just got where they were meant to go. So there were still guys like Shuey, you had Tim Kelly, Dylan Shield, 
you still had Brad Crouch, Prestia, Tom Green. All these guys were still on the board. Um, so I think you probably could have grabbed one of those guys and then grabbed Lipinski. And I was looking at your team, and Lipinski wasn't like any of your top four or five mids. I think it was like your, probably your sixth mid or fifth mid. So that's like whatever. Fifth mid. Uh, but you probably could have had him as your seventh mid or even a bench, really, like if you wanted to. He's been all right. He's been all right. I've been having Lipinski. Now he's had the forward status, but it was a dice roll. A dice roll. But guys like those you spoke about pretty much had no interest in them. Like yeah. you look at Luke Shuey and the number of games played, like played half the season, whereas Lipinski's played the full season. I'd rather guys on the field than in and out, basically. Yeah, and there's always context to these. Like Prestia's always injured. Um, well, as a Prestia owner from last year, that <laughs> burn man. No, thank you. Um, and Crouch has had a history, although I think he's been putting it together at least the last two years. Mm. Um, in terms of picks that did work out for you, um, so Hayden Young, so he had an ADP, ADP of 178. He slid to pick 208. So you mentioned getting three rounds sort of after his ADP. Um, and he was his second last pick in the draft. So this is like scraping the barrel. He's gone on to average 90 and he's still in your lineup. So that's, that's mm. a good pick. Um, that's worked out well. Um, Carl Amon's worked out pretty well for you. So he had an ADP of 107. You took him 46 picks below that. So at 153. Um, and he's averaging 94. So that's really good return on, you know, getting a slider. Um, and probably one of the best picks. If of the draft, if not your of your um, picks, was Jack Sinclair. So um, he had an ADP of 171. You took him six rounds earlier than that at pick 108, um, but he's now averaging 114, which is like a a 28 point jump in his average. So that's that's a reach, but it's worked out quite well for you. Um, so that's that's a good pickup. Yeah, I didn't expect him to do this well, to be honest. Like, I was expecting, you know, maybe 95, 100, like, as a good, solid D2. But uh, to be where he's at, he's been unreal, basically. So I've been pretty happy with him as my pick. He's probably my best pick of the draft, to be honest. Yeah, and I, I think there were still guys that I mentioned before still on the board. Like, you still had, like, Rory Sloan was actually, like, the very next pick. You still had Shuey, you still had... Bailey Smith, you know, there were, there were all these guys. Um, and I guess that that's where it comes down to on draft days. Where, where do you draw the line between I'm going to take a role filler, you know, some jobber who's who's going to get me his averages, you know, you know, I know what he's going to do for me, versus, well, do I risk reaching for a player that may return something very good? And, that, and that's the challenge in draft, I reckon. Yeah, well, the role was there for Sinclair in the, in the preseason. Um, that's why I sort of took a bit of a reach on him, saw the preseason, had the role, um, took the punt, and, and it's paid off. Yeah, well, I mean, if you see something that other people didn't, that's that's good. I mean, and that's what part of draft is seeing things that other people don't, and trying to jag them at the right right value, basically. Um, in terms of Steve's draft, um, so in terms of the picks that probably didn't work out, um, so you got Caleb Sarong there. So his ADP of 122, you took him at 63. Um, so you took him 59 picks 
higher than his ADP. So he reached for Sarong. Um, same again, I don't think he was like one of your top four mids or something. You know, he's probably, you know, maybe fifth or sixth or, or something like that mid. Um, he's gone on to average 89, which is like, okay. Um, but there were still guys like Pendlebury, Liber, Raul on the board. Um, is that something during draft day again, like what Jonathan just said, you just, you weren't hot on those guys and you were hot on Sarong? Well, or was it well, if a you, matter of... If you think about it like this, like, you, you know, sure, you, you always hear Pendlebury going to the back line, Pendlebury going to the back line. So, that, uh, like, that's worked out for people who drafted Pendlebury. But I was just hot on Sarong with the, the chair departure. Obviously, Frio had a couple injuries. Now, it didn't work out for Sarong. It worked out for Brody. I still think the process was right. I just got the wrong dude. Yeah, and and that's that's what I was sort of hinting at, right? Yeah. Is it do you do you take the jobber or do you take a risk? And at what, how early in the draft are you willing to do that, right? Because this was uh, seventh round. Yeah, but well, I mean, like he he was balling out at the end of last year. It just sort of all looked like it was lining up. I mean, you know, our, our ADPs super tight, maybe. Um, but I think if you want your guy, you got to get your guy. Uh, could I have gone a couple of rounds later? Sure, okay, that's that's fine. Yeah, um, but I, uh, I just wanted him. I really wanted him. So this one was not so much of a reach. I mean, it's only two rounds sort of ahead. But but Jaden Stevenson, and the, the only reason I bring it up, so he took him in the eleventh round. Um, but the only reason I bring it up is because there were still players. You still had Will Brody. You still had Gresh. Um, not many people were hot. On Rioli, maybe Richmond fans maybe were. He did he did put together a, a pretty good end of the season um, last year, but you still had those guys on the board. Um, again, was it just something that you thought new role or you know opportunity there? Yeah, I just thought he was going to be stuck out on a wing and just just racking up. And and like the players you mentioned, like I got not like you take Rioli. Well, I had short pretty high. Uh, I had Vlosten pretty high, and I had uh, Baker reasonably high on my board, I think, from memory. Uh, I'm not sure what happened to Baker in the end, but um, Brody... Uh, look, I've had Brody every year in keepers and drafts, and it just hasn't worked out. Obviously, this year he changed clubs, and it did work out. Like I mentioned with Sarong, um, that's fine. And Gresh, I'm just not a Gresh, Gresh truther. I know it's worked out, but... Again, like a lot of these guys, um, you know, things like I was on Hunter Clark in a massive way. Well, Hunter Clark fucking broke his shoulder like during the draft, like we were doing. It's like, well, uh, you know, what, what can you do? Like, and then Zach Jones missed forever and um, Jack Steele got injured and, and Billings was out for forever. Like, it just kind of like, I think sometimes when we're looking at these things, it's easy to go... Um, oh, this was a poor value pick. But at the time, there's a story you're telling yourself as to why it works out. So, um, And interestingly enough, Stevenson made his way back into my team this week. <laughs> so, it's, um, yeah, it's wild because I dropped him pretty pretty early on. Yeah. Um, in, in terms of the better picks, and I've, I've just snuck Cornelio into this mix only because of recent form. Um, 
So his ADP was 75. You, you took him three rounds or just a bit over three rounds earlier than that. Um, and initially he wasn't really returning good value on that. Um, he, he was the eighth forward off the board. Um, he's now the sixth top forward, and that includes DPP changes as well. So if yeah. you were to exclude that and think about who they were on draft day, he's probably, you know, top three or four. Um, so that's probably just worked out for you, but only kind of recently. I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> um, other players in this category, we've got uh, Doherty, Brad Crouch, and Hearn. Um, Hearn, you sort of reached for as well, about sort of four or five rounds ahead of where he usually goes. Um, it's worked out. He's averaging over 100. Yeah, but um, Hearn, that was, I reckon the public had just was stupid on Hearn. I had him everywhere across the board, and it's, he was always going to score well. It was just whether he was going to stay fit. Yeah. And Doherty also reached about three or four rounds early. That's worked out really well. Um, he'd be, you know, one of the top, one of the top forward, uh, top defenders as well. Brad Crouch slid to you, so he actually slid about four or five rounds. Um, and he's now averaging over a hundred as well. So that's sort of just, you know, good pickups. What about, what about Steve's LDU, Luke Davies Uniac pickup? That was, uh, I'm looking at his original team here. It's on his bench, so it's got to be close to mid uh, to late in the draft, I'd say. So he took him at pick 158, uh, ADP of 125. So he slid 33 spots. Yeah, he's averaging 100, so good yeah. pick. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then in terms of me, um, so I was really hot on Daniel McStay in the piece. <laughs> um, I had to have him. Um, <laughs> His, his nab cup or whatever we're calling it um, now um, form was really good, um, and with Hipwood out, um, I was I was pretty pretty hot on him. Um, so I I took him seven or nearly eight rounds ahead of where I could have got him. He probably would have gone undrafted if um, if we left him. Um, I was expecting him to average in the eighties or nineties. <laughs> Um, he only returned 66 and was probably dropped after, I don't know, six or seven rounds. I think he got injured anyway. So that wasn't a very good pick. Um, apart from that, most of my picks were really boring, uh, and vanilla. Um, I probably reached pretty far for Callum Ward, but it was probably the same reasons that you guys mentioned as well, where it was like, you look at who else you could have had and it's like, well, I'd rather go Callum Ward because I know what I'm going to get versus maybe taking a risk. Um, and that, that's sort of just a strategy of mine, uh, at least for the last couple of drafts, because um, previously where I've taken too many risks, it hasn't worked out well, um, and you end up just benching these players or, or putting them back in the pool. So um, a strategy of mine was to at least get something that was reliable back then, but you know, he probably didn't um, reach the heights that I thought he would, because I, I think he finished last season pretty well as well, um, which he hasn't quite matched this year. He's been a bit up and down. Um, in terms of the decent kind of picks or the decent um, players that have worked out, um, first one would be James Sicily. Um, so he had an ADP of 90. So I don't know why people weren't weren't really hot on Sicily. 
Um, I don't know if it was because he played up forward in other seasons or he's return coming of the ACL. Yeah, historically so maybe, people don't return well from an ACL. Yeah, so that probably scared people off. But um, I think for me, like I just thought, oh, you know, it's it's just you got to take a chance on him. So I took him about three or four rounds earlier than I should have, or you know, by ADP. Um, and he's now number one defender, um, and he was the tenth defender off the board. So that that's been a pretty pretty good investment. I don't know if he was my first. I don't think he was. I'm pretty sure I took um, Zeebel, <laughs> uh, which has not worked out well. And, you know, sliding doors, two or three picks earlier, uh, Tom Stewart was still available, and he was um, taken from under me. So it could have been a very different season if I had Tom Stewart instead of Jack Zeebel. Um, but, you know, you can't change that. And then we've talked about it on the pod before as well, um, Jack Witts, uh, sorry, Jared Witts. So I took him, pick 202, I think it was my second last pick in the draft, just as I, oh, I'll get some bench uh, some yeah, bench cover for my ruck. ADP of 153, so he slid five rounds um, to me. Uh, he's now gone on to average, you know, 110 plus, and I managed to trade him out. And I think I turned him into, did I, turn, I think I turned him into Tom Mitchell, who's, you know, going okay. I think he's averaging about 90. Uh, I think we talked about that as well. So he hasn't he hasn't gone on to brain it, but he hasn't he hasn't wrecked my team either. So, um, you know, you're turning points on the bench into okay points on the field. So, yeah. Is there any picks you want back? Like I, I know we just talked about guys reaching and um, poor value, good value, and all that. Is there anyone you just took in the right spot who just like? And I don't mean like late because they're obviously all a lot of them don't work out but in the first 10 rounds who just didn't work out because i'm looking at taylor adams and it's just like it's just it's like a poo emoji on my screen (laughs) (laughs) um in the first 10 probably jake stringer for me i thought he was going to continue on from last year um since he's come back from his second or third injury he's shown glimpses uh but I don't think he's going to have that mid, mid, full mid, mid time, uh, especially the soft tissues going in. But, um, I'm just relying on him getting his maybe 15 to 20, kicking two or three goals to get him around 80 and 100 now. And I don't, not expecting those big scores, but yeah, that was a bit of a stinker, but I'm sure there would have been some pretty, pretty handy forwards still on the board around Jake Stringer when I took him. Yes. Next couple of forwards that went off the board were Lockie Weller, Zach Bailey, Sidebottom, Taron Thomas, Toby Green was still there, Chad Wingard, Jack Graham, Jed Anderson, Jamie Allen. I mean, you start Connor Rosie is still there, Tom Hawkins. So there were still some, you know, reliable players there. Shea Bolton. Shea Bolton, wow. Okay. Hey, Connor Rosie went to the pool. He saved my season, that dude. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, it's it's hard to say do you regretting picks because at the time they're good, but yeah, definitely Jack Zebel for me. Like he played great the first two games, and then he got moved to the forward line and just died in the ass. Um, so at the time I couldn't I couldn't know that. I did try and trade him when I saw him move to the forward line, but it was not not taken up. And then after that, you can't do anything with him. So yeah. Uh, you know, if if I hadn't known that, well, then I could have grabbed another defender there, right? Because the next couple of defenders off the board, Daniel Rich, Caleb Daniel, Jordan Dawson, who's gone on to good things. Yeah. 
um, you know, Sicily, Aaron Hall, Luke Ryan, um, Bailey Dale still there. So I mean, like, you know, you you can't you can't know these things at draft day. What about uh, waiver picks? Is there any waiver picks who have sort of become a backbone of your side? Ooh. So um, I, I would say, like, just whilst you have a look at your teams and work that out, like, I've picked up off the waiver uh, Blix, Rosie, who I mentioned, and uh, I did pick up Goldie as well when he after he got the forward status and he was shit, and then he got the rock roll when uh, Cherry went out. I, I did trade him, um, but those three guys were like just probably straight for, ballers, yeah. For me, Kitty Coleman, since the buys, I picked him up for a one week stream and yeah. he's absolutely smashed it. Um start, side bottom again, pretty much since the buyers needed a fill in. Just seemed to have gotten a bit of a role change and absolutely braining it. Jared Berry, again, it was all it was all by round necessity and they've just gone on to bigger and better things and 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 even Nick Newman saw an opportunity there when Zach Williams went down. Uh so yeah. snapped him up as well. The buy rounds definitely create opportunities, uh, and you need to snap it up when you can. So this is a true story. So uh, one of the one of the players in our in our league, Joey, dropped Shay Bolton to the pool um, because she needed to bring in other players to try and get the win. Um, her intention was to get him back on the on the Tuesday or Monday on the waiver because she was number one, uh, but for whatever reason she forgot, and I was the next oh. in line. I saw Shay Bolton on the on the waiver. I'm like, yes, please. Uh, and apparently, I'm told that you guys also wavered. If 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 nine other people, eight other people didn't waver for Shay Bolton, if they saw him there, then get out of the league. Don't play. So um, yeah, so I was pretty lucky to pick him up um, after the buys. Uh, he's been he's been basically a you know sole player. Um, the other player which I sort of picked up, and I might have even just got them as a free agent, has been. Um, Barass from from West Coast, yeah. so he hasn't been you know like certain the house on fire or anything, but he's been very solid. Like he's he's had a few scores over a hundred, um, and regularly sort of gets you in that eighty or, or ninety range. He's had a couple of stinkers, but um, you know he had one hundred and forty nine on the weekend on the bench. Uh, um, but he's just been a good one to swap in and out um, where I where I kind of needed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't win the league at the draft. It's all about uh, it's all about those pickups. I think the vanilla drafts are always pretty good though. Like you can't go too far wrong with the vanilla draft. No, and I learned my lesson on that last year. Rolled the dice on a few players that didn't work out. I think finished second bottom or out out of the finals for the first time in the league history, and just. Uh, talking to our mate Costa, who's in the league, and said, "He goes, what's your plan?" I said, "Just team vanilla, mate. Just guys on the field, just get me a score each week. Simple as that." Yeah, I didn't like your draft because you turned up absolutely off your tits, and uh, <laughs> I don't think you drafted excessively well. Things have just—you've had the highest score in the game. Sinclair's just absolutely nutted it, so things kind of broke broke pretty well. <laughs> yeah, it's all about that baby swag, mate. Things will break for <laughs> just, you. Should, should be right. <laughs> Right. So, actually, have me just pick anyone, and yeah, that it falls into place. Who wins on the weekend? Do you think? Uh, I'll, I'll, now I'd say it's fifty-fifty, but I can't. Team, yeah, team selection could swing a lot of things. 
I think his team selection is just going to sway one way or the other, I think. And so it's not going to be any last-minute changes unless it means being able to field a a full squad, right? Yeah, once I've got to read up on the Nick Nat if it's two weeks and um, see you later, champ, and then see if I can get in for some bench cover. Otherwise, I'll have nothing. Yeah, I'll I'll 100% be making moves. I don't really want to roster Stevenson, if I'm perfectly honest. If Fort plays... That's a game changer. I don't really want to play Grundy first up. Uh, so we'll see what happens with Flynn. We'll see what happens there. Um, yeah, I'm 100% probably got three or four moves up my sleeve. So we'll just see what happens. Whitfield. Uh, Whitfield's been a pain in the ass. He's just been the worst this year. My God. Is he, was he on the injured list? Or he missed last week. He missed, yeah, I know. Yeah, well, he's a test, I think. Okay. So even if he played, he's just been, like the first half of the year, he was like an M7 or 8 or something. Like he was unrosterable, really. It's just he'd be one of those guys you drop. And after after Cameron finally got sacked, he just bowled out. Um, a lot of the uh, GWS players. Oh, well, Cogs is another one, right? Like who, who benefited mm. more from Leon Cameron being sacked than me? No one. <laughs> Maybe GWS, I don't know. <laughs> no, they've only won what four games for the year, so I doubt it. Yeah, it's um, oh, thank God that guy. I, they fire him into the sun. My God, it's just the absolute <laughs> worst. Uh, Need to get down the Bulldogs team up with Bevo. Watch him really screw a team over. Yeah. Oh <coughs> God, can you imagine? Anyway, is that going to wrap it up? That beer was. Uh, I really enjoyed that. That was. That was good. That was good. It, it, I mean. It's a big can, two two point four standard drinks, but you know if you get them in the um, smaller cans, it could be quite sessionable. But yeah, to be honest, it, yeah, you could do that. And that and that's the thing, like you can have a couple of these, you you feel all right, like it's not too boozy, like some of the seven percent, the bigger beers. That's the thing, like it doesn't drink like a seven percent, like no, it's it not, doesn't drink seven <laughs> percent. It, it hides the booze really well. Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was good. Mm. Definitely give me some more of that. Well, heading there in a couple of weeks, so stock up. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we're doing like a um, a meat, grilled meats and um, oh, beer pairing. The, thing. Is that the dark thing? Is that? Not the dark no. and stormy, it's like the, the barbecue. Right. The barbecue version of that. Yeah, cool. Yeah, they've got a new uh, pitmaster or, or chef. So they've always done barbecue down there, but they've managed to nab a guy from one of the sort of leading barbecue places in Melbourne. I can't remember which one. It'd be something like Blue Bonnet or, or whatever. Um, so they managed to nab him, and they've done a new menu, so I'm guessing they're trying to kind of advertise that as well as some new sort of wintry beers. So I think it's, it's like a um, you know, couple of course sort of meat menu paired with a few um, dark beers. I'm not sure if they're all new sort of exclusive ones or if there are a couple of you know core range ones in there, but Badship are pretty good. If you haven't had the hazelnut brown yeah. badship, then you haven't lived. <laughs> that's that's got to be one of the better core range, you know, brown ales I think in Australia. Oh, I can't think of a better one. Yeah, it's unreal. Even yeah, I'd, I'd rate it pretty highly. Uh, so just before we wrap up, listeners, again, if you want to be on the show, have your voice heard by squillions and millions and billions of people. 
Email the draft doctors at gmail.com, maybe seven, who uh, can say. Uh, next week, we'll be welcoming a fan favourite. He was very heavily requested, uh, so Christ knows what beer he's going to pull out of his backside. Of course, I'm talking about DOS. So uh, we'll see he what he drinks says. drinks weird beers. I, knowing DOS, he drinks weird stuff. He's a weird man. We'll talk about his departure from the Draft Doctors, his arrival and subsequent hostile takeover of all things Keeper League pod, <laughs> and his bromance with terrible footballers. So uh, stay tuned for that one. It'll be a lot of fun, I'm sure. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. 